Hi, my name is Julia. This is WTSR 91.3 FM, and I'm here with Friends of the Falls. How are you guys today? Hey, how are you doing? Doing great, thank you. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves and what you do in your band? Absolutely. I'm Jake. I'm vocals and all melodic instruments, I guess. <laughs> and I'm Matt. I'm the drummer. Awesome. So I'm going to start by asking you guys about the three songs you submitted. I want to first start by asking about the song Be the Change. So when I was listening to it, I thought it was kind of cool the way the instrumentals built up. I also thought the lyrical content was interesting. So I was wondering if you guys wanted to go into the writing uh, process about that song in specific. Yeah. You came up with the music first or then the topics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, Beat Change has been around for actually quite a bit. It's been around for about uh, two to three, no, two years. And uh, I wrote that one kind of inspired by like uh, using your voice as a as an instrument at that point, because uh, I was kind of like M83 and like you hear that yell in the beginning. And it's like, eh. yeah, that's, that, that's my voice. And I'm just I just like manipulated the hell out of it. And um, yeah. So the music definitely came first, uh, usually does with our writing. And then uh, the lyrics uh, just came flooding in. Uh, a lot of it was kind of based around just, uh, I, I used to say uh, I wouldn't change for anyone because I feel like everyone should just be themselves. But simultaneously, uh, I think it's that uh, sacrifice that you would change for someone that's really special. So I think I tried to encapsulate that a little bit. And uh, as for the music, yeah, I really, it's one of our more rock and upbeat songs. And that's kind of the direction we've always wanted to take with the band. Um, so I could see a lot more songs in the future being like Be The Change. Uh, but yeah, that one, we used to close every show uh, with it uh, until it was released. And no one really knew what it was. And it's very uncommon for a band to close their shows with a song that no one knows. But uh, it's crazy. It, it kind of took its own. And now uh, I think it's, it's, our, it's one of our best performing songs uh, that we've ever released. So it's definitely uh, found its place with our fans. Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty cool that you guys used it as kind of like a, like a secret song at your shows. Yeah, it, it's nice. We always like to shake things up, you know. Mm-hmm. So like just having that kind of like song and like using your music like that help you feel like you have a stronger connection with your fans? Absolutely, because uh, a lot of them that come to the shows uh, so slowly, obviously we have X amount of fans. Some are able to come to concerts, like when concerts were still going on, and some weren't because, uh, you know, just depending on where we were touring and everything like that. So the people that got to hear the songs that were unreleased live almost felt like their own special niche, you know? So I think we, I appreciate that, that the fans that would come consistently to shows were knew the lyrics to the unreleased songs as well you know it kind of shows that dedication yeah, that's awesome the next song you guys submitted was uh you don't have to be alone so i was wondering if you guys want to talk about like the story behind that song because that's what was what i noticed the most when i was listening to it like if it's based on personal experience or just kind of something you wanted to write about yeah i uh i had a friend at the time uh, who was struggling in a relationship um, and they were kind of trying to take a leap of faith of so of sorts. And um, one person was unsure and the other person was, who's also kind of timid was just trying to give her a hand. And uh, I kind of just wrote it around that. It was one of the first songs that I really felt like I was, uh, I had a whole story to write around. Sometimes uh, songs could be a hodgepodge of like different experiences in life. But that one was just one experience. I knew exactly what happened. It, it had happened recently uh, when I wrote that. 
And uh, yeah, so it was kind of nice to have a lot to draw from because when you sit there, there and if you get stuck on a lyric or something, you could say to yourself, oh, well, let me recount the story, you know? It actually helped me that I wrote the entire situation that happened down on uh, in my notebook, like it was just every detail. So if I was, I would just go in chronological order at times and see if what I can take inspiration from. Yeah, that's cool. I always found music that's written like with a story in it to be something, some of the most interesting music because it's like something for you to follow along. And I feel like listening back, you can find like differences in the stories that you didn't notice at first. Absolutely. One of the interesting is when we first, first, like before we were even like really releasing our music and we were just figuring out what it was, a lot of the lyrics I was writing were very like ambiguous, open-ended things. And I, I, I found that people could see right through that. They understood like in a, in a negative way where they were like, okay, I kind of want to grab to a story or gravitate to something. And I was just saying a bunch of different lines that sounded good in succession. But now writing more story-based stuff has really helped the fans connect to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think story-based songs like have a lot more like of a timeless quality to them. That's cool, like because your fans will always kind of have that connection to the stories rather than just like what you were saying with more just ambiguous songs that like people can see through. Yeah, they can, man. You know, even if it sounds good, if you find one line that sounds good and you repeat it, it's not a bad thing necessarily. But at the same time, I find that the fans really feed into a good story or like feed into what you're saying and you kind of need to believe in what you're saying uh and that translates through the song yeah and, and this song kind of seems to have taken a life of its own fans seem to really like it that uh it's been released for about a year now and it started off pretty successful we had some some luck with uh amazon music placements and things like that and then it kind of died down but recently it seems to have picked back up especially wow. on spotify it's yeah. seen a lot of love so it's nice to see uh fans come back to this one so do you think you're going to be moving more towards like storytelling songs in the future? Like, do you want to focus more on that style of music? Uh, yes and no. You know, I, I guess I usually just kind of let it come naturally. But when I look, we have a couple of unreleased singles that we're working on right now. And when I think about, when I think about the lyrics of them, most of them are story based and like actual experiences. You know, I think for, uh, for me, I write most of the lyrics, but recently Matt has started to help me out. And, um, uh, when I think about it, I think I was always scared to write about myself. And I think a lot of uh, song, like singer-songwriters are and lyricists because uh, it's kind of intimidating to do. But then after, like, like I said, you don't have to be alone. It's about someone else. And we had a lot of other songs that I wrote about other people. But the most recent singles I've kind of started to adopt into my own life. And that kind of feels interesting uh, to put that out, out on paper. But Hey, there's nothing really easier to write than yourself, I guess, when yeah. it comes to, I, I know my life best. Right. I think people can appreciate that, like, vulnerability when they listen to a song. If they do find out, like, obviously everyone has their own take on lyrics and they can put their own spin on things. But I think that, like, in Jake's case, if he's writing uh, personally, people can appreciate that and kind of say, like, oh, I've dealt with a similar experience and I, I really connect to that song in that way because I know that, you know, I'm not the only one who has dealt with something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think fans always appreciate when artists have like the the guts to kind of be really open with them. And I think it creates a better connection with artists, which I think just carries over in music and concerts and everything. Like you can kind of see a difference in like a following of an artist who's willing to be really open and genuine with their fans. Yeah. And even for me, as as the writer of most of these lyrics, I after like months and or years of them going by of, uh, of them already being written, 
I will sometimes look back and the songs will adopt new meanings in my own personal life where like just a little, just a little more has adopted a, a whole new meaning in my life, but be the change. I'm going to speak on that one for a second, even reference a lyric. There's a line in the second verse. Cause I, I had the first verse written immediately for that song. Like, like pretty much a day after I, I wrote it two years ago, but then the second verse came a couple of like, like a year, maybe a year and a half later. And there's a line in there that says, uh, hang my head in shame, hit the hall of fame. Either way, I won't be the same without you here. And I thought that you should know. And that line was actually extremely personal for me because uh, I take what we do very seriously. And uh, I, I find that a lot of bands can't persevere through the hard times. And I admire, uh, or even like a, I guess I, it's worth pointing out that Matt and I do. We've been doing it for about four years now, and I don't see us stopping even through the best times and the worst times. So that lyric was uh, aimed towards, I guess, uh, a person in my life that I wanted to let know that even if I succeed or if I fail, I want them there with me, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. And actually, you mentioned your song just a little more, which was the last song that you sent us to play on the station. Yeah. And I actually had more of a comment on the instrumental. I thought the bass lines, like throughout the middle, was really cool. So, like, I don't know, like, if you want to talk about coming up with that, I just, I really liked listening to that. And it was kind of different from the other two songs. I hadn't noticed the bass as much. Yeah, so a, a, a couple of years back, I think also like two years back, we, we met uh, one of our lifelong friends named Martin. He's from Amsterdam. We met him through like two very shady dudes who wanted to manage us. But the best thing that came out of it was our friendship with Martin. And he produces amazing music. He's very, very skilled at mixing and producing. And um, so he sent me a song that what would be just a little more. He sent me a little demo that he wrote actually six years ago. And he, he was like, dude, I don't want this, but it seems very Friends of the Falls. So I took a listen and we were actually walking into a gym uh, all of us to go work out. And uh, I actually never ended up working out because I liked the song so much that I went back to the car and started writing what would be just a little more. And so he came and visited LA for like three months. And through that time, we worked on the song and he was with us every step of the way. And he actually has co-writing on it. It's our first time that we co-wrote a song with anyone because uh, we feel like we we write enough good songs that we don't need to really do that, even though sometimes it's a good thing to collaborate. And we found that out with Martin and just a little more of that baseline that you were talking about. I actually wrote, I, people don't really know this cause I'm just, I kind of present myself as just like the lead singer, but I do, I play pretty much everything except for the drums that Matt does on our records and bass is kind of like my primary instrument. So I had a lot of fun with all that empty space in that verse we were like, let's throw, let's throw in something funky. So I wrote that bass line. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think, because I personally think bass is kind of an underappreciated instrument. So when like, I hear a song that's like actually highlighting it, it's it's really cool. Hell yeah, it is. I can't, couldn't agree more. There, there was a period uh, when we would sit down uh, in a rehearsal space or in our house, whatever it is, to just jam out some ideas. And when Jake's on bass, time on drums there's a, a significant era that we went through where we just found that you could really find some good grooves and we uh made a lot of layouts just through us like working through things together on those two instruments so yeah and people a lot of musicians will talk about this mystique or this like unspoken connection like once you like once you play with someone for a while 
I have that with Matt primarily on bass and drums. Like if we're playing, uh, if we're rehearsing a song or something, if I can, I can play on a bunch of different instruments, but if I get on bass and Matt's on drums, there's something that's really like uh, unspoken. It just works. Do you think the bass will become like a bigger part of your guys' discography in the future? If that's a sound you're interested in like going towards? That's a great question. So basically like to the public, when we release a single, uh, they're like when they hear it the first time, we're already like three or four songs, even more uh, after that song. And we've already started writing for the next one, obviously. And uh, we went through a crazy era. We have about four or five songs that are just purely bass, drum, funky grooves. We have one called Cheer Up Hollywood that we've been looking to release for a while. And uh, it'll definitely come out at one point, but. Uh, we, we've sort of done a rebranding recently as a duo and uh, we're trying to like kind of stick to a brand right now before we unleash our bass and drum grooves. No, that makes sense. So that's something for your fans to look forward to in the future. It's always cool when I think an artist tries to like switch up their sound a little bit or try something a little different. Definitely. I think we, uh, especially with Be The Change, how Jake was saying that that uh, for the moment is a good like representation of the group and a sound that we kind of want to strive to head towards recently we've been very selective with the next coming singles and like what we might include into a compilation in like an ep or something just because we really want to have the songs be cohesive and uh something that someone can listen to and it really sounds like friends of the falls i think recently we've finally uh, through years of writing and uh, performing together, developed our own sound. So now we're just trying to really hone in on what that is and make sure that everything we release is a good representation of us. Yeah, I think uh, all all things lead to good songs. So, and we firmly believe that. We're like, we could try as hard as we can to get the best tour going or the best music video, you know, and do X, Y, and Z, but none of it, it matters and no one cares unless your song is great. So we firmly understand that. And I think uh, not in like a cocky way at all, but I think it shows. Uh, we'd like to think that our uh, hard work writing and getting the songs to full production shows. Yeah, that's awesome. And so like you mentioned that um, this song, uh, just a little more, you were collaborating with a friend. Do you think you guys would do that in the future, look into collaborations? I know you said you work really well just as a duo, but. Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, what's funny is that same friend, Martin, uh, he actually just started a new project called Mine. It's M1N3. He's the man. And uh, he, he, we were supposed to go to Amsterdam in September to go like make like eight to 10 songs with him. And because we had stuff that we had written, he has stuff that he likes that, uh, that he's written that he could give to us. So we were ready to go full in with him and uh, we still want to, but uh, the borders for Amsterdam are still closed to Americans. So we were not able to, um, unfortunately, but we're gonna push that back, uh, our collaborations with him. But yeah, we it's funny. Now that we're a duo, it's kind of been like, uh, I, I would have never thought this, but it's almost like more accepted uh, that like we collaborate with people and we've had people reach out to us asking to collaborate more often than uh, when you're a full band. When you're a full band, I feel like people look at you like, okay, they have enough people there. But now that you're a duo, it's like, oh, dude, I, I would love to have a writing session with you now. 
Yeah, that, that makes sense because I feel like when you have like a smaller group, it's easier for everyone to, to voice their own ideas and kind of see how they mesh. Whereas if you already have a band of five and then another duo or something where to ask to join, it's just seems like a lot to try to manage and organize. Exactly. Less cooks in the kitchen type thing. All right. That's cool to hear about all your guys' songs. So now we're moving on to the general part of the interview. So the first question we have, because this is going to be airing with World College Radio Day, is what does college radio mean to you guys? Good question. Uh, more than ever, actually, this year, I've just been listening to uh, the radio in my car, and my dad is a big... Because uh, his Bluetooth broke. <laughs> untrue. <laughs> but uh, my dad's from New York originally, and he always listens to Fordham's college radio station. And I actually went to... University of Massachusetts, and I had a semester or two where I worked at the college radio. So I think I can appreciate it as a form of uh, discovery for people. They really have some loyal listeners, and it's a good way to find some new music. So I've always had an appreciation for college radio. It's the kids of America, you know. This is, uh, this is the people that are going to be the next musicians, you know, the next uh, – straight out of college. There, there might be a kid who's listening to college radio who wants to make his own band but isn't sure, but then – Here's a song that inspires him. We actually uh, went up to USU, Utah State University, and played uh, one of their big fe- college festivals called uh, it was the Big Ag. Big Ag. The Big Ag, yeah. And th- believe it or not, that's where a lot of our fans lie right now because of that. So we were on their radio station all week and like all that stuff. So it's not it's not a beast to take lightly. I think college radio is very influential. And it's also, uh, just speaking of like analytics, our big market of fans who listen to our music is right around the college uh, age, you know, anywhere from 18 to 25, whatever it may be, like that's the bulk of our fans. So if they're listening to college radio, then that's good for us if we're getting, getting played there. So would you guys ever want to play at colleges again? I know most campuses obviously aren't going to be open for that for any time soon, but like, is that the show environment you enjoy being oh, in? Absolutely. We've done, we've done a ton of college shows and past that we were actually had a little bit of a college tour going for April and the whole thing got canceled. Uh, so we, it's something we love to do because we also really like exceedingly love connecting with people. So after those shows, we really get a chance to talk to kids that are like our age and, uh, and we get to connect with them. And it's almost like a, it's just like, they appreciate what we do and we kind of appreciate what they do it's a and it's a lot it's really nice to connect with them yeah we we have a lot of uh our like lifelong fans which has which have developed more into friendships at this point we've acquired from playing college shows so we're definitely open to playing more in the future nice nice so I'm sure all your fans are wondering, um, do you guys have any big projects in the work I know you've mentioned like some singles and stuff that you you've been recording anything big going on so that's that there we were going to record uh excuse me we were going to release an ep uh somewhat around this time but that kind of got derailed with everything and uh just trying to figure out what the next move was and like i said we we had some rebranding in store uh so now i think we're going to do maybe one or two maybe three more singles but ultimately we're, we're speaking about whether we want that to be wrapped up into an ep of some sorts because uh, a lot of the songs um, definitely feel like they connect with each other. And that's kind of the foundation of a good EP is that everything interacts with each other well. 
And also, I know, um, obviously, there's no, like, uh, concerts indoors and stuff, but I've seen, like, throughout all of quarantine, uh, artists and, like, venues and stuff have been coming up with kind of, like, alternative ways to interact with fans, whether it be, like, the Instagram live shows or even some, like, drive-in concerts. Are you guys planning on doing anything like that, or have you been doing anything like that? So we did uh, three Instagram live performances in the past six months of, like, pretty much the shutdown. And the reason we've only done three is because um, a couple of other acts in our genre or even outside of our genre have gone live every day or every week. And I feel like it just gets old No, and it's not their fault. It's just the fact that like, you know, if you do it too much, it's uh, it's just a bit overdone to the fans and it's not special anymore. So we like to do it once in a while. So we've gone three times in the last six months, which is even a lot for us typically. Um, but in terms of concerts, we haven't really, we've been taking a different route because I think at this point, a lot of bands, no one can get that big tour, that tour support slot, et cetera. Um, so we kind of like the even playing field that it's be, these days, it's pretty much based on how good your music is. And that's where we kind of feel like we exceed uh, expectations. So we've just been writing good songs and producing good songs. And uh, I think that's about to come out uh, out of the floodgates in the next couple months yeah we've said uh that this this whole uh quarantine at least like like career-wise has been a bit of a blessing in disguise because we had intentions to tour a lot this year but i think that the fact that everything postponed about a year really gives us a chance to release a lot of new music and get a lot of new fans on board so that when we do get on the road uh the shows can really really hit hard and hopefully we could link up with some other bands and get some solid tours going so and you almost feel guilty saying it but like uh like it's like this whole time off for artists has has been really beneficial because i i cut out completely for that but like what have you guys been doing in terms of like live shows like connecting with fans without the concerts well Pretty much, uh, we've, we've done three Instagram lives in like the past six months. And I feel like a lot of bands, uh, both in and out of our genre, have been going live quite a bit. So we try to keep it special and keep those to a minimum because uh, we think that if you do it too much, it gets overdone. Um, but uh, uh, throughout this whole time, we've actually kind of pivoted the other way where people are trying to find unique ways to do concerts. We're almost trying to stock up on the best songs and the best production we can do uh, because I think that's going to be more beneficial in the long run. Cause right now with no one touring, there's no one to get those like tour support slots. And like, uh, there's no competition there for live shows where now it's pretty much based off of who can write the best song and who, and like who's writing the best music. And we think we uh, do quite well in that area. So I think that'll kind of, prove good for us to just keep doing what we're doing and keep writing good music. Yeah, yeah we discussed. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, I was just saying that I think that's a great way for artists to utilize their time because without touring, it's like, when are you going to have this, this much free time, especially if you still have the inspiration and motivation to be like writing your music? Yeah, and you almost feel guilty saying it, but this whole time period has been very beneficial for artists uh, because... Um, they get all like a lot of time just to work on their craft. And uh, we recognize that a lot of people are going through a lot of hardships during this time. And that's, it's not good, obviously, overall. But at the same time, we feel very grateful that we 
I've got as much time as we have to just pretty much focus on this only. Yeah, we talked about how it's been a blessing in disguise almost to be able to write and release a lot more music than we, than we initially intended to, because this year we were planning to tour quite a bit, but the fact that everything's been postponed to at least 2021 has given us time to release new music and bring new fans on board. So about the time we do get out on the road, the show should be really strong and we're excited for it. Yeah, that's, well, that's going to be exciting for your fans too. I think anyone who's into music, once artists are finally able to be on the road and do actual concerts again, especially if they're bringing new music to the table like you guys plan on doing. Yeah, well, you know something? At the beginning of uh, quarantine, we had about, what, like, maybe like, what do you think, like 12,000, 13,000 listeners? And now we're up sitting at like 120,000 monthly listeners. So uh, that's, and that's not because people are just sitting at home. I think it's also because we've had the time to really like enforce uh, a new marketing tactics and make new songs, et cetera. And um, uh, we lay as a view the change brought us huge successes. So now coming out of quarantine, let's say in about a year or whatever it is, uh, we're hoping that our numbers will be high enough where we can do extraordinary things touring wise with other bands of our size and, you know, maybe make the shows a little, little bigger. So that's why I think ultimately we're going to come out of this even better. Yeah, that's that's really exciting. You know, best of luck to you guys with that. I hope that that carries through with through everything. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for the interview and everything. You know, we're we're excited to have your guys' music in the station too now to play for everyone. We're we're excited, honestly. Like we said, <laughs> I, we, we believe in college radio and we think it's very influential. So to know that someone could be walking a class and hearing just a little more, that brings me a nice warmth. <laughs> my heart <laughs> yeah no exciting stuff so thank you for coming on 91.3 fm wtsr tcmj's college radio and into and talking to us about your music it's been a pleasure thank you for having us wtsr the only radio station <laughs>